This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Good evening. This is Talking Devils, the leading independent Manchester United podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Barton, joined by two former United youth team players uh, to talk over another difficult week at the club. If you're watching on YouTube, if you can subscribe and like and get your questions and comments in, and if you're watching on the replay, you can comment as well we still reply to the comments we get and if you're listening back on the audio podcast if you can subscribe and leave a positive review on the platform you're listening on if you're watching on twitter uh x as elon has uh, decided to rebrand it um i can't get your questions on there but i hope you enjoy watching um if you want to join in the conversation come on to youtube and um, drop a like and uh, a comment in the question box and we will um, be happy to talk about your point of view. Um, joined by Lee Lawrence and Phil Marsh. Uh, Phil, I'll come to you first. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, all good. Thanks, Wayne. Um, everything, obviously, apart from Man United, uh, is, is good. Um, just on my half-term holiday, so just recharging the batteries a little bit this week. Um, weather's been a little bit grim, so not really been doing much. Uh, just having a bit of a chill out and... Uh, yeah, looking forward to getting back into it next week and, and hopefully United can turn the corner, but I'm not very optimistic and I've said that a lot this year, but I really am not optimistic with, with what I've seen in the last couple of games. I'm, I'm sorry to say I'm I'm sort of not going to be very positive today because I'm, I'm fed up and I'm, I'm annoyed at what I'm seeing uh, by some of the players. Yeah, um, I liked how you said like, everything's good apart from United. Like, Well, unfortunately, this is the place where... Um, misery comes to live, unfortunately, in this podcast. Um, Lee, how are you doing? You all right? I'm okay myself, mate. But Wayne, it's going to be one of them podcasts again, isn't it, mate? <laughs> it's going to be one of them. Um, as you well know, I've seen you today, pal. Um, outside of outside of the podcast, everything's everything's fine with me and work wise and everything, mate. Um, obviously, just just a little bit on the miserable side with the football things. If things carry on the way they do, I'm sure me and Phil will start supporting Macclesfield Town with a few of our ex-players and mates going over there and coaches. Yeah. Uh, but no, on a serious note, and I'm sure we're going we're gonna to go over quite a few pointers in this podcast tonight. There's a lot of changes needs to happen. Um, not, not just on the pitch, but surely off the pitch, which is now becoming, for me, becoming mightily evident, if I'm being honest. Yeah, um, 
yeah, good point you make about Mike, actually. Um, start off talking about that because I was I know Sammy McElroy very well. It's been a difficult time down there at Macclesfield. Not the easiest club to live at, by all accounts, with um, Robbie Savage there. Um, I'm not going to say anything that Sammy said. Um, but it, it, it's challenging times down at Macclesfield. And there's a heavy United, former United contingent that's gone down there, um, particularly someone who we all know of. Paul McGuinness, we were, you know, all done some various work with him at some point. And um, Paul is, you know, he's one of those people I just wish was lifetime employed by United, really. But um, he's down at Macclesfield, obviously, he's been caring for Wilf um, and hope that this is a good thing for him. Um, but, yeah, if he doesn't, just come back to United. We want you at United, Paul. Um, but obviously, obviously, hope that it works out and everything. <laughs> Except for everyone, uh, those former United lads who were down there. Um, I think Danny Simpson's joining there, isn't he, as well? I saw today. So, yeah, um, good luck to them all. Uh, Robbie Norman, how are you doing, mate? I don't know why I gave you your full name there, Robbie, but um, Robbie Norman, indeed. Uh, good to see you, gents. Hope you're well, he says. Hope you're doing well as, as well on this Friday night, Robbie. Um, okay. Right. We are all laughing and joking about something, but that's, you know, like you're having a bit of a laugh and smile about something, but what can you do when you're faced with what we've seen over the last week? Um, extremely difficult. And to be honest, I'm off for a couple of weeks after this. I'm going to be glad for a three weeks or a respite from talking about United, not because I don't like talking to you guys about it, but I think we have these conversations and we talk about something in the aspects of wanting to conversationalize ourselves into hoping that something will be better that's what you that's what i hope everyone gets from these podcasts when you listen to it you I, what i hope from listening to you guys is that you'll, you'll give me some kind of professional insight and we'll start to make strides forward and i'll start to feel better and hopefully the viewers and listeners will watch this and take it in and think oh yeah do you know what we've been through tough times and we'll get through them but at the moment i don't i say at the moment the moment feels like it's a four or five year spell like going back to this that season under Mourinho where it started where he really sort of threw everyone under the bus where he was looking at the crowd when Rashford missed and you know there were conflicts in the boardroom with him and Woodward over the signings and everything like that and then you brought Ollie in but even when we brought Ollie in it was kind of like people doubting his experience and a lot of us who just wanted him to do well like you want every manager to do well and because it was Ollie we wanted him to do well even more and the heartbreak of that when it didn't happen and the toxicity and the um, support when it didn't happen because everyone was saying, oh, I told you so. And it got quite personal. I suffered quite personally a lot of abuse for that because I backed the manager, as I've done with every single manager. And then you've had this sort of split in the camp ever since with Ten Hag and it's difficult with the ownership and everything like that. We've talked about a manager getting backed and then the second season doesn't always get fully backed with his targets because of the financial pinch, even though we've got to the Champions League and it always feels like we're taking one step forward and two steps back. He's felt like that for six six years or so and it feels like we're there again. And the only thing, and I say this every single time we get to this point, the only thing we haven't tried is seeing how it goes fulfilling the manager's path, you know, doing everything that he wants for that period of time. And it's easier said than done when you watch two games like we've just watched. Uh, Manchester City um, played us off the park. Played us off the park again. 
Um, I think I, I made that seven wins out of ten, well, ten wins since the takeover. Old Trafford, seven. This is for City, by the way. Since their takeover, ten wins and seven of those wins by two or more goals. And then obviously the um, Newcastle defeat. And look, you know, United have lost. United once lost the League Cup title to York City three 0 at Old Trafford, but. <laughs> It felt very different to what it felt like on Wednesday. I mean, normally you would say, oh, do you know what, a League Cup game, there's not that much to sort of take from it, but it seemed like there was a lot to take from it because there was a lot riding on it. United can't afford to sort of throw away cup competitions. I'm not saying they did, but they were, that was a team low on confidence and they got absolutely mullered by Newcastle. Um, I, I'm not going to ask you to talk about all, both of those games individually, guys, but I'll, you know, you can talk about either as much as you want to. Um, obviously, with a focus on Newcastle, because that was the most uh, previous one, uh, recent one. So, Phil, I'll come to you first. Um, after a week like that, and you and I were on the podcast last week, and I don't think we were very optimistic about it, but it's gone as bad as it possibly could have done. Yeah, it was a shocking nightmare. I think there wasn't any positives, really, to take from that. Um, you know, some of the players that came in who would have been looking to, to sort of take that opportunity and, and maybe give the manager some headache with, with his team selection moving forward. Don't really think anyone did that. Um, and then the, the players who were coming back, you know, Casemiro, he's obviously injured again now, but he looked well off the pace. Um, and it was just a, it was just an awful performance, Wayne, if I'm honest. I don't think there was, you know, especially the first half, I think, you know, we couldn't we couldn't string any passes together. We didn't look uh, like we had any cutting edge. Uh, we was we was leaky at the back. Um, Newcastle was on the front foot and looked more lively and looked like they wanted it more, which was a massive part of it for me. I think you know on a on a cup tie, you know when there is changes, the quality may dip, but you've still got to have that hunger and desire to try and get a result. And, and Newcastle was was far better from one to eleven all over the pitch. Um, which is disappointing, but again, I, I wasn't really sort of you know expecting anything less with, with these players. You know, they've, they've shown time and time again that you know they're not up for a fight and they're not up for a battle and they're not willing to you know put a, put a performance in on a consistent basis. It, it's you no know, longer performance here, and then you can have a couple of days off, a couple of couple of games off, and that's not good enough at any level of football. So you know, you, you, you're sort of scratching your head and, and the manager, I mean, I feel sorry for him in a way because he must be looking at that squad now and looking at that team and there's not anybody that's jumping off the page that's screaming out to me as, yeah, he, he should be, you know, nailed on to start because nobody, and I mean nobody, not not one player, has, has warranted that um, in, in the sort of performances we've seen, especially of late, but overall, really, all season, we've been... We've been second best in a lot of the games, even the, the lesser teams. You know, we haven't dominated possession or created um, a lot of chances. We've just sort of got away with it, or we've nicked the goal, or we've had a little moment of brilliance that's got us over the line. And I think now it's coming to fruition that, you know, when we are playing these better teams, you know, the City and Newcastle game being a prime example, we're, we're sort of the, the barometers there for everyone to see. We're, we're miles below where we need to be. and. I am worried. I think even these next couple of games now, this is probably the most important part of the season in terms of we need a result in the Champions League against Copenhagen. Uh, otherwise, we're out of that. You know, we've got Luton at home. <laughs> you know, if, if we don't pick up a result there, then, you know, top four, you can you can wave goodbye to that. Um, 
and it's going to be you know a massive um marker for us with with where we are in this next couple of weeks because i honestly can't see us qualifying or finishing in the top four or winning a trophy at all which is a massive step back from last year yeah um lee uh, obviously um i mean god i don't even know where you, you begin with uh either of those games the first one against city look i mean, even a first strength, a full strength united team could struggle against manchester city um we accept that because we're a long way off um that at the moment so a defense with Maguire and Evans is likely to concede goals against Erling Haaland. Um, that is going to happen. Disappointing that City have been relatively poor this season and they looked very commanding against us. Um, but you know, again, not surprising. Not surprising that Newcastle beat us. Surprising though that they had players out themselves and, and were so dominant. I, I hate hate saying that but we've been outplayed there's only one game that we've outplayed the opponent this season it was palace at home in the league cup i've said it every single week on the pod um and we were absolutely played off the park again like phil said they were tenacious they wanted it and to be honest it, it didn't i've said dominant and played us off the park but i don't think that they were brilliant and i look at like what they did and as soon as they got that first goal and you could telegraph that first goal because you could see the pass coming and Dallow didn't see it coming. He must have been the only one out of 70-odd thousand in the city who didn't see that pass coming. It came, and then from that moment on, they just wiped the floor with us. And it didn't look like a United team that could pick themselves off the canvas. Um, Dan, I mean, I can ask you your, your thoughts on this, but also with um, Dan's question in mind, you know, first of all, what do you think of the Newcastle performance? And then Dan has asked here in the comments, in all seriousness, having been in many a dressing room, what do you think is going on behind the scenes? Uh, how can you not have personal pride? When there's, you know what I'm like on the podcast, I always try and pick a, some kind of positive somewhere as opposed to just being negative, negative. If you look at the season overall, I don't think there's any positives I can actually think of, which is a real positive throughout the club. I really can't, and I know it's going to make for an awful podcast. This, and I don't like moaning and whinging, and but there's not much more to say than what every supporter in the land is saying. We're, we're just, we're just not good enough. We're just not good enough at all, mate. Um, we all say about the effort, and I get what Dan's saying about the personal pride, and that's why for the Newcastle game, everyone was shouting to bring Hannibal back in and you know change it around. How many times do we give the young lads a chance? They'll put the effort in, and I'm really, I'm coming, I'm coming to the conclusion myself that, yeah, effort is a is a big thing, but I just don't think as a squad we're a strong squad. I don't think it's a case of keep playing and we'll get played back into form. Um, every game I've watched by the by the Crystal Palace game in the cup, we've been second best, and the wins we've won we've been lucky. Let's be honest, we've not deserved any win by the Palace win. Um, the players what were facing against us, the other 11, they look head and shoulders above us. And I'm not talking about your cities and your Newcastles. I'm, I'm talking as low as your, your lower teams. We was lucky against Sheffield United. We got battered off Wolves. Let's be honest. Let's, let's not sugarcoat it. We, we've been very, very lucky to get results. We could have easily lost every single game we've played this year. 
in my opinion, easily, easily lost every single game. And the games we've won, we've been lucky. To that, to, for us to come from last season and be on a high and look like we're going in a direction and look like, you know, it's a good starting and a building block to work on to go where we've gone from there to where we've gone from now in the space of not many games. It's, for me, it's catastrophic. It's 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 a massive, massive fall. I would go as far as saying this is probably the worst Manchester United team, squad, plays, games that I've ever watched, ever. And I, I'm, I've got to be truthful with it. And I, to answer Dan's question, I don't know what's going on in the background, but there has got to be something going on in the background. You can't go from what we had last year to what we've got this year without something stinking throughout the club somewhere. We all know the problem with the Glazers. We all know that until we get new orders and until we get settled, the club's going to struggle to go in a direction. Which, you know, it's obvious. We don't know the backing that Tenegg's got. You've seen a lot of things saying that Tenegg's brought these players in from Ajax and what have you, but apparently they're not worth his first choice and he didn't get the backing. We don't know how true that is. But... For me, recruitment-wise, it's been terrible. It's been terrible. I mean, prime example, and I've, I've given this lad as, as much chance as I can give him to think that he's going to show me something why we've paid that price tag for him. But Anthony on the right-hand side, if I'm recruiting a right-wing player, and I get that clubs play with inverted wingers now and things like that, but to pay so much for a kid, that cannot and will not use his other foot for me is 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 bad bad business. It's just a waste of money. You can't have a, a right winger what cannot go down the wing, beat a man and cross a ball. If that's the case. Why sign Hoyland? If we're not going to get any service over to Hoyland because we haven't got the fundamental basics of playing in a position where what is a winger? A winger gets the ball, he takes his man on, he crosses the ball. That's what a fundamental football, that's what that's what happens. We don't play that. We try not to complicate it. We put a left foot on the right wing, the right foot on the left wing. We come inside constantly. We narrow the pitch off. We get the ball took off as we get broke on. Uh, back four is non-existent. Probably not their fault, but the past it. It's it's just it's rotten to the core at the minute, mate. And it's, it, it pains me to, it pains me to say it. The other night against Newcastle, I had to watch the game in bed and I couldn't go to sleep after it, if I'm being honest. I was that angry about it. Um, I just don't know. Until there's a change at the top, I just I just can't see it getting any better, mate. And just to clarify, you mean a change in ownership? You don't mean necessarily a change in manager? No, no. I, do you know what, mate? Changing the manager for me is not going to do nothing. Eric Tenag hasn't gone from being a, bad, a fantastic manager last season to a bad manager this season. All this... Get rid of him, he's out his depth. He wasn't out his depth last year, was he? Let's be honest. He got us to an FA Cup uh, final. We won the we won the cup. We got top four. We got Champions League football. We would have, you know, we would have only dreamed about that the season before when he come. So I'm not having that. He's gone from being able to take us in that direction to now being out of his depth and not know what he's doing. That to me is a load, load of rubbish. Yeah. Um, for me, we've seen it time and time again since Alex Ferguson left. How many times have we said the players have done tools? And to me, it just looks like they've done tools again. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, but there's the attitude problem, but there's also, for me, the recruitment problem and the people recruiting haven't got the ability to match 
the likes of Liverpool who's recruiting well, Arsenal who's recruiting well, City who's recruiting well, the bigger clubs, Tottenham who's recruiting well. These are recruiting players what are making a difference. We're recruiting players what aren't better than the players what we've got rid of, in my opinion. It's a fair point because I know Gary Neville was talking about that this week, that, you know, United, um, every... It's a really good point that he made. Uh, Neville does make good points, obviously, generally, because he's very thoughtful with his analysis. But one that he made, which I, I do agree with, is every signing that United make should be a signing towards uh, a stepping stone signing towards winning the league. And you don't see that um, because the club aren't able to do that for, for whatever reason, even though they should be able to do that. Um, the last sort of, I, I think, since the Casemiro and Anthony signings. Where obviously those um, smaller down payments and heavier sort of incentive, you know, like longer instalment plans, it's obviously impacted the club's transfer policy for for at least the next two or three years, unless um, Ratcliffe's um, benevolence alters that. We're, we're hearing um, some reports today with his, uh, some investment in the club that might be able to leverage and alleviate some of that, but we don't know until it's just speculation. All of it's just speculation. Um, but there's um, a few comments here that I want to get to before we move on to the next point, uh, which it will be talking about Ten Hag. Um, ben goes on to Lee's point, which I think you're both talking about what Gordon Hill, obviously, was occasionally on the podcast himself. Um, United legend, he was talking about wingers, um, the, the inverted wingers that were playing and wanting to have, have them um, playing to the line and playing on other sides. So, any chance that we can turn the clock back and ask for our wingers to stay wide, take on the full back and the byline and cross into the box? Appreciate it's a radical thought. Um, Andy Gillespie, evening Andy, hope you're doing well, mate. He agrees with Phil's earlier point the players don't have the mentality to turn things around. Bad results under Fergie. Um, and Fergie would that we'd scratch out the one nils in a back to basics display. And it'd be amazed if this lot could do it. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I think that's a good point. Um, ben again says if Ratcliffe does get control of the playing stuff, you'll need to address the players and tell them that this is stopping now. It won't be tolerated any longer. Things have changed. Um, good grief, I didn't realise there are many comments coming in. Uh, ben again says every manager in recent times ends up like a supply teacher and babysitter the children. Don't listen. They know the manager doesn't have the authority, and they'll not be told. I think, yeah, that's a, a, a perhaps an issue that you also have. Um, so obviously, we're not talking about the same players anymore. Are we were talking about a, a transitional squad. You know, some of these players weren't players under Mourinho, so you can't blame the rot for being that long. It's an inherited culture of the club, and it's, I think it's like you get senior players who know that their um, long-term future is another club, and they become. A systemic part of the problem, you know, like it just like it just goes on and on and on. Um, Dan says there isn't a manager out there that fixes this right now. Um, a couple of comments about Jesus, so I'm not getting political or, or religious in the comments. Um, Robbie says I've seen people criticise the potential 250 million pound investment into the stadium, but it is 250 million more than the Glazers put in, and I'm sure it's just the start. Yeah, I've seen people criticise that. I mean, we don't know; it's speculation. But yeah, it's a start, and that's what we need. Um, and yeah, not, yeah, we're still talk about Jesus in the comments. And yeah, Jesus couldn't save us. Could definitely couldn't save us. Even Tyson Fury's judges from last week couldn't save us. 
Um, having said that, you know, there is at least um, inward talk that Tenor can be saved, not that he even needs to be saved, that the, the noise from the club this week in reaction to the um, speculation that he was under pressure, the club have robustly rejected that. And I think that's good um, because I, you know, I agree with you guys. I think Tenorg is still, I still feel like he's the right man for the job. I feel like um, sometimes you'll see a lot of, well, you see a, a string of bad results and the first thing people want to do is crank up the pressure. Um, and I don't think we're there yet. I think that there's a lot of problems. And this is what I want to talk to you guys about. I mean, the, the biggest issue, obviously, has been injuries. United have a couple of players back, but on Wednesday night, they're still playing with the complete second-choice defence, as they were on, on Sunday, you know. So there's no sort of let-up there. They need the players back, and they need to... You know, Wan-Bissaka came on for, for a bit, um, but it's still three other defenders that we need to bring back. Martinez is obviously pivotal to that uh, back line and Casemiro only just back himself. And yes, all right, he's been in poor form, but the difference that he might have playing alongside um, playing alongside uh, Martinez as he was last season, obviously they were two of the best players, if not the two best players that we had, and they've both been a miss. Um, I guess that's what I want to come to first of all with you, Phil. Like, you know, obviously that we've got injuries and people are talking about Ten Hag's tactics and saying that he's been a little bit more pragmatic. And there was this quote earlier in the week that, you know, Ten Hag said that um, he, he can't play Ajax-style tactics. You can't expect that here. And today in his press conference, he's actually addressed that and said, no, what I actually meant was that I, I wanted to play, I wanted to adapt that with Manchester United DNA. So he's obviously being misinterpreted somewhere. And I can understand that, you know, people will take, read into things what they want to read into. And it did seem like not a, a complete quote what Ten Hag would have said, you know, I can't play the football that I want to play. He, he wouldn't say something like that and throw the players under the bus. And he did clarify that today and saying, you know, he's actually praising the players, um, which manager in his position has got to do really and um, sort of saying that they can play a multitude of different ways um where do you i mean do you have concern about his direction in terms of once the players are fit do you think that things will improve or do you think that there's a, an issue there that's been caused by this recent form that will be difficult to fix regardless of the injuries being solved yeah, I think first and foremost, the first point is, you know, we have got players missing at the back that are crucial to, to the way that we want to play. I think the way Tenag sets up and, you know, how he, will, he likes to play out the back. Martinez, you just mentioned, he is a massive part of that because he's so comfortable on the ball and he can receive a ball off the goalkeeper and, and get his playing out from the back. Um, I think obviously Luke Shaw as well is a big miss and I think that's probably a little bit of a reason why Rashford's not really flourishing at the minute because they have a good relationship and when them two are you know playing together and they've got that chemistry I think we see probably the best out of Rashford however I think you know looking at the the players that have been playing recently due to the injuries you know they're all international players um, we should be able to be doing a lot better than we have been doing uh, and that's no excuse uh, really to sort of you know look at the way we've been performing and, and sort of how we've been playing and, and sort of the the lack of ideas and creativity. Um, we, we just don't really look like we've got any sort of um, style or philosophy in the way we're playing, whether that's down to the players. 
I think a massive part of that as well is is the midfield, the balance in the midfield. We've not been able to get that uh, right at all. Um, again, a lot of that's come down to injuries and stuff. But I think I think Eric Ten Hag is, is sort of scratching his head and trying to find a, a sort of trio in the middle there that, that sort of he can rely on and that we can be defensively quite sound and, and sort of you know look comfortable when we're out of possession, but also have that creative side and, and look at. You know, when we're going forward, have we got someone who can pick a pass and break the lines? Um, which I, I don't think at the minute, you know, other than probably Ericsson. Um, but then when he plays, you've got the problem of not having the legs uh, in the midfield. So it's a, it's a difficult one for him at the minute. I think until he can get that back four back in into um, into play to give us that solid foundation, we aren't going to see uh, anywhere near the best of, of you know what we've seen last season. But I come back to the point again, it's, it's you know, this year, you know, albeit we've had injuries, you know, some of these players that are coming in and stepping in, they, they, they're not, you know, average players. They're all international players and they should be doing a lot better. They shouldn't be using that as an excuse to say that, you know, we, we can't be expecting to hit the heights and, and perform as well as we have because we've not got X, Y and Z. For me, no, the, the, you know, you look at other teams when they miss players, they bring other players in who are just as good, if not better. And the, the style of play and the philosophy and the and the sort of um the tempo and the sort of standard remains the same. Whereas, you know, when we do it, you know, we're levels below where we need to be. And, you know, all season really we've not been hitting anywhere near the heights that we've we've been expecting from last year. So, you know, we're hopeful that when the injuries do come back we will start seeing a little bit better. But again, a lot of it comes down to recruitment and players that are coming in who, who, who are there to, you know, be called upon when needed have been far, far short of, you know, where we need to be. Yeah. Um, Lee, interesting thoughts there from Phil. And you literally, you were talking about um, about back in Ten Organ that he hasn't gone to become a bad manager overnight. So I guess he's still got some kind of conviction in his, his tactical um, strength. Regardless of the fact, you know, that he's playing the inverted wingers and you like to see them um, perhaps be a bit more direct. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Normal sided on that on, on those on the flanks. Um... <laughs> You look at the um, the issues this season, um, you know, with the injuries and obviously the tactics have been an issue as well um, in terms of how we've adapted to that. Do you think he could have done better with this? I mean, I, I look at it and I think maybe the injuries um, 
revealed, exposed maybe a bit of an older issue that's been lingering around the squad in that um, they're not really good at coping with adversity. You know, like they, you get one bad result and then it's like, oh, the season's gone, that kind of thing. And then they just not necessarily throw the towel in, but it's kind of like everything just sort of goes down. You know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say? Like everything just goes away and the, the confidence goes. And as we... We all know on this podcast, um, having followed United and, and played for United, as you have, um, you two have, that yeah, confidence is possibly the hardest thing to to get back in in football. It's a, a long journey to recapture that. Um, I guess I'm, I'm rambling really. Lee, I'm, I'm asking you, um, Tenorg, really. Um, <sighs> do you feel like? He's a, he's culpable in this, or do you think that once you know, do you think his tactical uh, his tactical approach is generally all right, considering That's, the injuries that we've got? If I'm if I'm being hundred percent honest, Wayne, I feel I feel really sorry for Tenag, and 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 that that is me being down to a T. I really do feel sorry for him. Um, like Phil said, the injuries have been awful for us this season. We've not got a strong squad, so you start taking four or five of our first team regulars out of that. And for wanting of a better word, we're buggered, if I'm being honest with you. Um, no disrespect to my old teammate and, and Phil's Johnny Evans, but I'm sure when we give him that one-year contract, we didn't be expecting him to be in and around the first team as much as he has been. And I'm sure Johnny didn't expect that. I'm sure he probably got signed for his experience and his knowledge, what he could pass on to the young lads and things like that. You know, he's he started as much games as anyone, um, which is telling you what's happened to, to this squad this year, we've got us. We've signed a goalkeeper in Anana, which he he has the last couple of weeks looked like he's starting to show us a little bit of why we bought him. But you can't tell me you've got hundred percent still confidence in him. So it's starting from the back that our keeper well players probably not got hundred percent confidence in him. Also, as, as well as the supporters, the back four we're playing a right but a centre back who's right-footed at left-back. A lot of the games in Lindelof. Um, our best player by a mile for me last year, Martinez, which you've already been on about, is a, the biggest loss for me that we've had. Varane now seems to have a... Well, he's always got an injury problem, but now he seems to be having a problem with not being picked. That's been that's been mentioned. Um, and whether he's crying off sick, we don't know. So that's showing that there's problems in the camp. We're starting Eriksson. He's a wonderful player. But for me... Ericsson now is a player what we need to come on with 60 minutes to change a game. Um, the, the injuries have absolutely battered our season for me, absolutely killed our season. Um, that's why I feel sorry for Ten Hag. Um, it, it can only it can only deal with what is what he's got available. Um, again, for the for the wing the wing situation. For me, that needs to be addressed and be addressed quickly. I think we had a conversation today and it turns madness. It turns absolutely madness me even saying it. And Dallow for me was at you know, he was at fault the other day for the for the goal. He actually he looked at the lad twice before the ball even got past her. So it's not as though he didn't even look over his shoulder and all the lad weren't there. He knew it still humbled back. But I think like I said to you today, as I, if if in our squad now, if we want to put someone on that right wing. He's going to beat a man and he's going to put a ball across. At the minute, the only player I can see, and it's going to be controversial as hell, would be Dalot. I think I'd put Wan-Bissaka at right back and put Dalot at right wing in the next game. 
And I'm not saying it's the answer to anything, but at least we know we're going to have someone out wide. He's going to run. He's going to try and beat him, and he's going to put a decent ball in. At the minute, on the right, it's non-existent. It's just there's nothing there. Nothing at all. There's not much on the left, don't get me wrong. But on the right-hand side at the minute, there's just nothing there to feed off. Um, so, tactically, I think he's getting he's getting that a little bit wrong. But with the cards being dealt, mate, there's, there's not a great deal for me and more he can do. Yeah, it's, uh, it's tough. I mean, even Garnacho, he looked maybe... This is the problem with having um, a big squad like United have got um, stockpiled in some areas. We were on the left side all last season. It seemed like we, you know, we had an embarrassment of good players there in terms of Rashford, Garnacho, um, Shaw, Malassia, and it was all each other on um, this season. Right, I can. I know there's a bit of interference with my um, mic here. I don't know what's going on there. I'm just trying to make sure that the audio's uh, right. Um, yeah, that we had an embarrassment of riches on that side, and now we. Um, well, it's an embarrassment at the moment, unfortunately. Uh, just a plain embarrassment. Um, before we talk about Fulham, I, I'm noticing the number of guys in the chat tonight were regular viewers and listeners. I'm talking about Ben and Dan and Robbie who are here like almost every week and you know we do have a couple uh, Ben another Ben who um comes in on the podcast he listens back um, if he's not watching live and we do have a couple of other guys who tend to watch us on on Mondays as well you know um obviously it's a tough time at the moment um I tend to I do talk to all of these guys as well off off the podcast and um you know this is just more of a mental health thing you know uh, just it's good to have all these guys checking in and talking and spending a little bit of our Friday nights together and having a chat um, and just getting something off our chest to talk about United. So feel free to you know continue to do that. Even pod, you know we're always on Twitter conversing as well. So it's good. Um, and really, I really appreciate all you guys, and I'm sure um, that feelings mutual among us all. Um, we're all good lads. Um, anyway. Fulham. Okay, so now we're talking in, in the lens of, um, you know, Champions League qualification looks like it's a distant hope. The objective is getting a team and a team spirit. Ten Hag's got to deal with that. Um, Lee, I'll come to you first with this. It's obviously a matter of emergency for him to sort of deal with this kind of thing. So what does he do first and foremost? Does he does he say, all right, the injuries are the injuries, can't deal with that? Um, or does he say, you know, I've got to try and make the best out of this? You know what I mean? What I'm trying to say is, does he make the hard calls now, get some players out of the side and say, all right, I've got to do this going forward? Or does he just sort of, does he try and compromise? Does he come up with a different shape that gets him through to a moment where he can make that compromise? Yeah, I, 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 I was just going to say personally, the only thing what I could think of him doing is playing, playing plays on merit. And like Phil said, there's not many plays you can play going off the games what's been being played on merit because there's no one really what warrants to start. Um, but when I say play him on merit, I mean have they trained all week? What effort have they put in? Um, not even necessarily the ability what they've shown when they've they've been in training because. Give me a team of lads who'll work the socks off every week, eleven lads. Then give me eleven prima donnas who's got every bit of ability in the world but won't work for the team. So for me, he only can choose the lads who's putting it in, whether they be young lads, whether they be lads 
Uh, Dan Gore, for example, who is really, you know, any minute, Kobe Main, who, if they're showing hunger and desire, give them a go. It, ca it can't get much worse. But with the way we have been playing and the set up what we have been setting up, it's it's not been working. Do we need to go back to a defensive structure? I mean, it'd be nice to see. I mean, it can't happen now because Casemiro's injured again. Surely, to God, we brought Amrabat and when we brought Amrabat, we was all thinking the same. It's going to strengthen the midfield up with Amrabat and Casemiro there together. And obviously, we've not really seen that yet. So that's another thing where once we get Martinez back, Luke Shaw back. Wamba sacrificing all cylinders on the right back, and you know, hopefully another centre back because I think Varane isn't the answer because he's, he's so injury prone. And then we've got a solid back, you know, two sixes there with Amrabat and Casemiro. We might start seeing improvements and, and, and being solid because all season we've been absolutely run over in the field, absolutely run over every game. Um, so whether we go back to more of a, de a defensive structure with two sixes like they did with McTominay and Fred, and I'm not saying that was great or whatever. But we need to show up in the field, not against just the best teams, against any team. So, yeah, Pitt plays on merit and how they're playing and how they're training. But also, for me, I think he's going to have to go back to more of a, a defensive structure with, with probably two number sixes. And how do you um, how do you see it going against Fulham? Oh. I hate being pessimistic. I really, really hate, hate saying that we're going to lose. But we're, I, I'm right in thinking we're away, aren't we, at Fulham? We're not in good form. Fulham's going to smell blood. I just don't think we've got the ability in what, what's available. I know this sounds stupid, but it being Man United versus Fulham. I don't know whether we've got the ability, what we've got available, and the attitude to win the game. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be deadly honest. I don't want to ever go against saying that they're going to, they're going to get beat. But I'll go for a draw, mate. I'll, I'll go for, and I, I don't know how disappointed I'd be if we get a draw. If I'm being honest, and again, that sounds ridiculous. But away at Fulham, if we get a draw, this is how I'm feeling at the moment. It's not the end of the world for us because it could be a whole lot worse with what we've seen up to now. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's, um, it tells you the pessimistic mood and the Dan um, two 0 Fulham <laughs> because um, well, we had that. Um, Someone was saying that on on the Monday morning podcast. There was some pessimism on that one as well, and, and they were right, unfortunately. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> Wayne, it's my prediction. So I'm using the reverse. Like I, I genuinely do. You have no idea. Every match day, he gets told off for it, and I'll, I'll tell him in person. I don't like him doing it. But um, I'm here for the reverse psychology. That that's fine. You won't get any telling off for that. Um, in moderation, obviously, in moderation. Too, too much of it, too much of it, Dan, and um, won't be enough um, rope to save you. Um, I'll be angry with you that way as well. Um, yeah, Phil, it's a tough one for the for the manager at this moment in time because you look at it and you look at the, the table, you say, all right, no title challenge, Champions League, you know, emulating what we did last season isn't going to happen if we're all being realistic. Um and Champions League qualification is very, very uh, a remote possibility. It doesn't look like it's, you know, serious miracles will have to happen in order to, to make that um, something that we can do. It's not going to happen, really, if we're, if we're being fair. Um, even though I think there was a fair expectation at the start of the season. Um, 
So what does he do in this short term? Because you're looking at players like Rashford and Bruno are under a lot of criticism. Both of them were um, rested for their game the other night. United, you know, they haven't been playing well with them. They haven't played, didn't play well without them. Um, I wanted, I was one of those people perhaps advocating for a, a big change in players that we, we did the other night. We, you know, we made a few changes, but nothing really positive came out of it. Um, so what does Tenog do at this moment in time? Does he go for the big, bolder changes and sort of say, all right, this is the way that I'm going to stick with it? You know, we're not going to get qualified, but I need to show unity in this squad. Or does he just go, look, this is a sort of higgledy-piggledy bunch of players and I need to get them through this period and he can't afford to take any more chances with, with the injury crisis still there. You know, what I mean is the objective now is looking at the bigger picture, aren't we? We're looking at him... How does he better pad his own bed in saying, I'm going to be safe going forward? You know, knowing that, you know, he could make all these changes and we could still suffer big result, um, big defeats like we did the other night. It's catch 22 for him. So, what would you do in that situation? If it was me, it was my decision when I, I would, uh, would ring the changes. I think, you know, these players that have been. Um, you know, putting in the performances and, and the attitude, and and no, not not really seeming like it's it's bothering him. I I would be making big decisions, and I would. I think, you know, you've got to be ruthless. I think to be fair, the manager's got to be feeling a bit of pressure as well now. You know, the results, the performances. You know, losing again at Old Trafford, it, it's it's not good enough. And if it's me, you know, I'm I'm making three or four changes against Fulham, and um, I'm. I'm putting in players who I know that I'm going to get, you know, maybe not the, the technical ability or maybe not as good on the ball, but I know that they're going to come and come in and put a shift in. And uh, I'm just looking at it from a perspective of, you know, what have I got to lose really? Because performance levels have been nowhere near good enough with, with the so-called better players. All right, we've got injuries, but, you know, we're still picking players that are, should be good enough to perform and should be good enough to get us some results. Um, and we've been nowhere near it. So, I think if it was me, and, and I hope he does this, uh, I hope he makes three or four big changes and, and drops some of these players who, who again, have, we've said this a lot of times about, you know, reputations and, and thinking that they're too good to be dropped, you know, not having that sort of competition at the minute where they, they feel as though, you know, their place is under threat. I, I wouldn't be having any of that. And, and I think the manager's shown that he, he has got that ruthless streak and he's, he's done... Uh, a lot of stuff since he's joined the club, you know, with the Ronaldo situation and stuff like that. So he's definitely got that in him. Um, and for me, that that is the way I hope he goes because, you know, these next couple of games are massive. And, and if he just carries on playing with the same players who are, who are continuously putting in lackluster performances and, and doesn't really seem to be doing anything, I think the pressure will intensify. And, and you know, he could be, you know looking down the barrel really if, if we're not you know if, if we lose in the champions league against copenhagen and we lose another couple of games in the premier league it, it's like season's over by christmas do you know what i mean and you know there might be someone looking at that and, and thinking you know that's not good enough we, we need to make a change I, I hope that doesn't happen because i'm all on board with keeping ten hag and i think it wouldn't make a difference if you brought under manager in but Again, he, he, I think he needs to help himself by making these bold decisions and, and giving, you know, some of these other lads an opportunity. You know that you're going to get the, the the work and the sort of Birmingham really, if you like. Phil, just um, 
when when you say you, you'd make the changes um, to, to the to the squad, and I completely agree with you. Don't get me wrong. Wait, what 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 kind of players are you thinking? Are you thinking as actually going as far as maybe bringing Kobe Manu in, Ian and Dan Gore, maybe the keeper? Um, are you thinking yeah. of, of, of making such a bold statement? Because I think that's what I would do if the players yeah, yeah. training. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm thinking. Maybe not all of them, but you know, at least a couple. And then you know, I'm looking at other players who's who's maybe not being given a, a fair crack of the whip at, at the minute, and. You know, people like Rashford, who's you know putting in poor performances, and his body language and the the sort of work rate that he's he's not putting in. It, it, that for me, you know, I think Ten Hag has a bit of a soft spot for Rashford, and I think that's his his main player. And I get that because obviously last season he was so good. But you can't carry players. You can't be. You can't. You can't have passengers on the on the pitch. And I think at the moment in time. You know, we're looking at a game there and, and we're carrying two and three players. And against any team, you know, no matter who you're playing against, you need 11 players on the pitch that's committed. And for me at the minute, we're, we're, we're sort of, you know, struggling to look at seven or eight players that are even doing the bare minimum. What, so, what, would, what would you do on the right-hand side, Phil? What would you, uh, no, do you know what I would do? Would you tell playing Anthony or would you, would you just drop no. it? No, no. I w- what I mentioned, I-, I mentioned this the other day when I was just chatting. Uh, I said, if if maybe he doesn't want to drop Rashford and and keep him in the team, I might just say, you know, at the minute we've got no Luke Shaw at left back. You're not hitting your form on the left hand side. Do me a favour, go on the right hand side, and all I want you to do is just beat your man. Beat your man. That's exactly. Just, just beat exactly. your man. Whip the ball in. I'm not bothered about you scoring. I just want you to get past your man, whip a ball in, and then you're playing to Highland strengths there, and that possibly could. Give us a different dimension in the attacking third. Um, and then what would you do on the left? Would you stick probably going at your on the left, keep him on the left, and then stick, or would you put try Anthony on the left? Well, again, again, yeah, again, I, I, it might be worth swapping them two over and just giving him a shout and just say, listen, Anthony's always trying to cut back onto his left foot and come inside and get his shots off. No, I don't want you to do that today. I want you to stay on the left hand side. I want you to just get past your man and just whip a ball in. Yeah, just even if you don't even have to beat a man sometimes, just get a touch out your feet, deliver. Because at the end of the day, Ireland's come into the club and he must be turning his hair out, thinking, you know, I'm I'm trying to get in the box, I'm trying to get myself into positions, I'm making runs, and nothing's coming in. And even when you do make a run, people are chopping back and yeah. all Ireland can do is shorter feet at the minute in time because they're chopping back in, they can't go over the top because they're narrowing everything up. So all he can do is come to feet, he can't spin, yeah. he can't get on in the crosses. It's for me it's this is the criticism I've got of Ten Hag, and it's the only criticism is what he's doing isn't working. So, like mm. you say, I mentioned Dalor, but th- that was in the back of my mind with Rashford. Mm. I know he's not necessarily flu- flourished before on the right, but if his instructions is get that ball, get past that man, yeah, yeah. the ball, and he's got a fantastic cross. He's got a great right foot. Yeah, just give it a go. All the yeah. people want me on the left hand side with Anthony is quick for five, the first five, you know. Six paces. After that, I don't think he's got the speed. He doesn't look like he's got the speed, does he? I know. Well, that, that's why I'm saying though. Sometimes, as again, like we're, we're looking at older wingers in back in the day. You know, Beckham, prime example. You don't even need to beat a man sometimes. You just get a touch out your feet and just whip it in behind the back four. And and we've got players like Hoyland who will get into them positions. Yeah. And I don't I, I, how many goals did we used to get years ago when we used to have Beckham on the right? Oh, over, overlapping. Gavin never worked the best football in the world. Everybody knows that. But well, the relationship they built up and the, the early balls and the, the, the crosses they got in, 
what where, where's the club gone there where that that's gone it's completely gone do you, know, do you know the biggest thing though as well Lee when when you when you know that you've got players who are playing in that like Van Nistelrooy must have been rubbing his hands every week thinking I'm going to be on on like you know in that position and I know at least 10 15 crosses are going to get delivered during the game so he, he can just put himself in a position and he just has to make runs in the box for Hoyland now he he must be thinking I don't know when the next cross is coming. I don't know if he's going to get half a yard and he's going to cross it or he's going to chop back. I don't know whether you know they're going to try and play into my feet or what. He must. So that's why I'm saying this isn't a long-term solution, by the way. I just think for the next couple of games, I'd make a few changes and I might even just say, try Rashford on the right, try Anthony on the left. Yeah, just yeah. say to him, listen, lads, you know, I'm, I'm looking at a style of play where I just want you to beat a man or get half a yard and just deliver balls in the box. Yeah. Someone else is like a McTominay coming in as well as a, a, a you know an attacking midfielder who's going to support Ireland because you need. I, I think I'm going to play McTominay, and I never ever thought I'd say that again. But I think off form of this season and off a goal threat, is it, I think he's still our top goal scorer. Yeah. He's an absolute madness. But if you're going to go off that, you've got to play him. And it just seems mental saying that in, uh, in this today. It's mad, mate. It is. It, it, it's frustrating, but I think at the minute that that I was thinking about this, like obviously the other day, and I was thinking, how can we get the best out of Highland? And obviously we've got a couple of wingers who are struggling at the minute. Maybe can we do something to to change it up and just give them a bit more of a, you know, license to just yeah, yeah. Not, not feel as much under pressure as to deliver goals and assists and stuff. Well, maybe assists. But can we just get him to say, listen, your job today, as soon as you get the ball, I just want you to try and beat your man or get into a position where you can cross a ball with the ball. Ireland, you'll know more than a lot more than me, Phil, but Ireland must be thinking at the moment in time, as it being a striker, unless I do this on my own, I'm not going to score the goal. So, like, like he all the goals he scored, apart from the one where Rashford's whipped it in from the right hand side. In the the all the goals he scored, he's had to sort of. Create himself. He ran from the halfway line. He's, you know, if Bayern Munich, it's one where he's just, you know, a bit of, um, you know, where he's just had to sort of pick a ball up and, and get into the box and score. But for me, he's the type of striker who, you know, previously he'll have been playing in um, Syria and he'll be getting balls in the box all the time, and and that's that's what he'll be he'll be feeding off. And I, I feel sorry for him because at the minute he looks like he's he's all of his energy is being used up by pressing and going closing people down and he's not a massive um strength is holding the ball up he wants to be running behind and, and get on the end of things in the box and what, just, I, I just hope i just hope he's got the right attitude where his head doesn't go down and his confidence is affected by it you know what i mean I, until we get the right yeah. system player really hopefully fingers crossed He's got the right attitude and he's been brought up with the right attitude to, to just yeah. keep going. You know what I mean? Because it's quite easy for players to lose confidence. Like we've seen with Rashford a couple of yeah. times. When he's on his game, he's on it, but it's so easy for him to lose his confidence. I just don't yeah. that doesn't happen to Ireland. Must be frustrating though for him because think about the amount of money he's coming for, you know, the amount of games he's played recently and, and the lack of chances that you know he's been, he's been given to, to sort of score any goals. As a centre forward, you're going on the pitch thinking my job today is to try and score a goal. Yeah. You're feeding off scraps every. You're feeding off scraps week in week out, and you're not really getting any, you know, good good opportunities to, to put the ball in the back of the net. There's nothing worse as a centre forward because you're you're not being able to do your job. You're not being able to, you know, fulfil your your sort of potential because the the players around you aren't delivering, you know, 
what what your wingers should be delivering and your creative midfielders should be delivering. Like look at look at the other teams in the league. How many chances do Ireland in a game? How many chances does he get every week? He must get six or seven good chances. No wonder he scores two or three. Every and, week. And, that, and that's drifting in and out the game. That's that's not being involved for thirty minutes or something. But he's always um, going to get them chances because he's got them players around him, which are always going to create. At the yeah. minute, like they were not creating from the wings, and our midfield players aren't doing it. So it is left down, like you said, scraps at best, isn't it? You know what I mean? And it's, and it's not like they can't do it because I'm I'm watching other teams. Me, like I watched Brentford the other day against Chelsea, and someone like that and Buemo, like honestly, like him. I looked at him and I was thinking, do you know what? He would be a fantastic signing for, for United. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I've said exactly the same, man. You'd pay probably a third of the price what you paid for probably Anthony and Sancho and all these other people. And he's somebody who every week he puts a shift in, gets himself in areas, he puts balls in the box, he gets goals. And, and I'm thinking, why can't some of these players do that for us? Like, you know, these are players that should be levels up and bueno or something like that. Does that come down to, does that come down to recruitment, Phil? That, like I said earlier on in the podcast, it's exactly recruitment's way, way off at the minute with a way off Paul. Yeah. Sorry, Wayne. I know we've digressed a little bit there, mate. <laughs> Sorry, Wayne. No, it's all right. It's, um, always good to. I, I'm quite happy to sit back and listen to you guys talk. You guys know what you're talking about more than what I know, um, and it's really good. To sort of like the best thing about this podcast is when um, you guys um, get your um, his meat on the bone, and you two want to get into it. Um, so it was great listening to that, and I agree with everything that you're saying. Um, I just hope that it's difficult to know if the penny can drop with the um, with the team by lunchtime tomorrow. But let's hope that it can. And like you know, if, if they showed the kind of um, desire for the club and passion for it that you two do, then we wouldn't have a problem. That's what Dan's saying in the comments. There, you know, it's missing the thing that the manager wanted more than anything: intensity. Well, I mean, the the cheapest quickest way to do that is to give it the injection of youth the, the issue that you've got with that is what we saw on Wednesday night is like it's always better to introduce that youth into um and we talked about this so many times last season when the poor uh when the form was poor what kind of environment do you put them kids into do you put them into an environment where um it's positive obviously you do um but then you risk upsetting a winning team when United you know they need a, a, a run of wins do you risk putting them into an environment where they could it could be swallowing them up? Um, and really, that's the the dilemma for Ten Hag as well. And I mean, it's going to be three weeks until we're all sat on this podcast again. And I hope that when when we are I'm not being too pessimistic, I hope that Ten Hag's still the manager and that the um, the results are going the right way for us. But we will be back in that time. Um, if you've enjoyed watching on YouTube and Facebook, um, if you can like and subscribe on those platforms if you um if you have been watching if you can share the, the video on your socials as well um it'd be um really helpful for us if you've listened back on the audio podcast i'm really sorry about the audio issues i think they've been on my end tonight so um i do apologize for that if you have listened and you've enjoyed um the guys talking if you can subscribe and, and leave a, a positive review on the platform you're listening on we would um be very very thankful for that um, until then, yeah, um, the guys were mentioning Fulham, they were mention mentioning the Copenhagen game, so three games that are on, on paper, um, winnable for United, but then again, you know, we're talking about a United team that have been outplayed in all but one 
of the games this season. So, fingers crossed. We'll be back. Um, I think Dave always back on Monday morning with Paul Parker. Um, so, obviously, the quality of that conversation will improve <laughs> while I'm away. I'll be able to watch and say, these guys make sense without me. Um, yeah, have a great weekend, a great week, and um, rest of the time that I'm away, guys. Um, and I'll be back soon with these guys to talk about United's form, which will have hopefully picked up. Um, take care. and Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.